millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this very special midday stream with myself and the Uranium One whistleblower, Nate Kane. Nate has been a frequent guest on this program, and today we have some very exciting things to discuss with you, saving America and starting at home. I'm hoping that you might take a lesson from the page of Nate Kane's book, I'm really excited about this show today, guys. Do me a favor. Don't forget to like and share the broadcast. Help us by sharing it on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Twitter, Truth Social, Facebook, Gab, Getter, Telegram, wherever it is. I appreciate the support, and I know Nate does as well. Live out there on the foxhole. Getter, Rumble, Odyssey. I think there's a couple more, but those are good for now. All right, guys, do me a favor. Don't forget to like that that show, hit the plus sign, hit the heart, hit the thumbs up, and sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn because we're going to be right back after a very brief word from the sponsor of this program. All right, welcome back to the program, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And please join me in welcoming my guest for this very special stream, Mr. Nate Kane. Nate, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing great, Zach. It's uh, good to be on your show. Thank you for having me on. As always, it's a pleasure, and uh, I'm glad that you chose this venue to tell the audience uh, about what you have going on right now. Um, Listen. You know, we talk a lot uh, off the air. You know, we're we're friends. We we chat. We get on the phone and and we talk about what needs to happen in America. And being service is is a large part of that. You know, every single one of us needs to choose, find the way that you can best serve your local community and by proxy serve the United States of America. And uh, in the last couple of years, you know, you've had a lot of tumult. You've had a lot that you've had to go through, and you settled. Mm-hmm. 
in West Virginia. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what has brought you to this moment where you're deciding how you can best be of service? So, you know, as many of you guys know, um, you know, I spent the last five years uh, back in, well, really back in 2017 uh, when I blew the whistle, but it wasn't until 2018 that things kind of, um, you know, came to a head because there was a couple of different disclosures that I made to once to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and then once to the DOJ IG. And <clears throat> those experiences were um, extremely scary and it, it took a lot of courage and, uh, and I have to give credit to God for that. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in prayer before making that decision, but eventually, um, I felt it was my duty to report obstruction of justice and, um, to, you know, to talk about, uh, and inform the people who had oversight, uh, you know, as to what was going on. So those experiences, of course, exposed me and my family to, you know, to retaliation. Um, you know, both from the FBI and then also just from the, you know, the wackadoodles out there, you know, who, who, uh, made death threats and, and, uh, you know, were, were attempting to, um, you know, threaten me and my family. And, uh, and then there was also just the repercussions of all of the trauma and stress of going through that experience and really needing to kind of uproot and, and move somewhere else. And, uh, and I'd been thinking about for a while. Um, about the areas surrounding us. And I had always admired the, the freedom loving people of West Virginia. Uh, there's kind of an attitude here of, uh, you know, we want, you know, to be able to live our lives uh, with the least amount of government intrusion into our lives here. Um, it, as far back as I can remember, you know, even when I lived in Pennsylvania 20 years ago, I remember that, you know, back then, uh, West Virginia had some of the uh, the least uh, restrictive gun laws in the nation. And um, and the Second Amendment, of course, is something that's always been important to me. And so it just made sense, you know, to to start looking here. And um, and at the time, um, you know, we were praying about, you know, where we were supposed to move because we knew we needed to get out of where we were at. And and we loved the neighborhood. We had a beautiful home and and our family, of course, you know, our kids had had gone to high school um, in Union Bridge, Maryland, <clears throat> and that's a very you know conservative place um, with great neighbors and and a beautiful area. Um, but we, we needed a we needed a fresh start. So as we were praying, I felt you know I felt like the Lord was telling me you need to go to West Virginia, and so I started looking out here with my wife, and we found a you know a huge house. I mean, just unbelievably. Like it's funny because out here the cost of living is so much less. We found a house, you know, for about the same price of what our house was in Maryland, but like twice the size with nine acres of land attached to it, settled right next to, right next to the Potomac river. So, I mean, you really can't, you know, ask for more. And with my job being what it is, um, you know, being in cybersecurity and a lot of my work is done remotely nowadays, it just made sense. So, you know, we ended up moving out here um, in two years ago, ironically, and you guys will understand that in a minute. But ironically, the date when we moved here was uh, the day after the 2020 election. And that wasn't intentional. We had intended to move like a month earlier, but things you know, happened. Um, escrow didn't close on time, and, and it ended up getting delayed to literally the day after the election. And so we ended up moving in here, and, um, you know, and it, and it's, you know, it's been a, a little bit of a money pit. You know, it's kind of like that Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> I uh, the first, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first few months, you know, it's like this big, beautiful house, right? 
and this house had been sitting empty for, you know, for gosh, I think like four years. Oh, wow. And so there was, yeah. So there was a lot of things that, you know, that, that went wrong within that first, you know, couple of, <laughs> couple of months. So we put a good amount of money into this place, but you know, it, it's finally now become home and uh, you know, we've settled in here and we've been here for two years now and, uh, and I absolutely love here, love it here in West Virginia. It's awesome. a beautiful country and uh, you, you can go out and, and you got all the mountains and the trees and we've got a lot of uh, deciduous forest surrounding us and it, it's absolutely gorgeous. So it's God's country, you know, I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's it is beautiful. God's country. The, the Blue Ridge Mountains, you know, I mean, obviously you think about John Denver when you think about West Virginia, but those hills and hollers really yeah. do lend themselves to people who want to remain free. I mean, just by virtue of the yeah. fact that you've got distance between you and your neighbors yeah. and the government, uh, it allows you yeah. and affords you a certain amount of privacy and a certain amount of autonomy, which I, I think is, is missing from a lot of the people who live in densely packed areas and in, in, in dense cities. And uh, but that doesn't mean that it isn't at risk. You know, I mean, uh, just because you've got that freedom doesn't mean that freedom is going to remain. Yeah. You know, West Virginia used to be an entire used to be an entirely blue state. And it was um, I think it was what they called the, you know, the Dixiecrat, you know, type of Democrats. Uh, It was, uh, you know, Southern Democrats that have always been somewhat socially conservative, but uh, been pro labor and pro union. And, um, you know, there's there's a. West Virginia is an amazing that when you look on the map of like oil, gas and coal, um, there's a there is a, a very large section of shale that runs from um, like around Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, all the way down into the West Virginia panhandle and then down into the western part of the state. And it, there's so much natural gas and oil and coal. Uh, it, it's really, it, it's amazing. And so, um, you know, there, there's a, a, just a, a massive amount of untapped industry here. And, um, you know, but because of that, a lot of the high paying jobs, especially in the Western part of the state have been, you know, for a very long time have been, you know, kind of coal miners and, you know, oil and gas rig workers. And, um, you know, and so there's, there's a lot of union jobs, you know, that have made up this state for a very long time, but, in 2020, this state turned completely red. I mean, it, you know, it, sorry, not 2020, um, uh, 2016. So when, when Trump ra- uh, ran, uh, the state went completely red and, uh, and he, he flipped the state. And a lot of that had to do with Hillary Clinton, you know, coming here. Um, some of you guys will remember she came and she, you know, spoke at some event and she said, yeah, we're going to close down all of these coal mines. Well, that really pissed off the the uh, West Virginian people, you know, because should. that makes up a makes up a very large part of of the economy here. You know, it's 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 crazy to me. I the the this journey that America's been on and, and the transition that we've seen taking place over the last couple of years. You know, when I was a kid, uh, it seemed like the Democrats were the party of the common man. You know, it was the unions, it was the workers, you know, it was the protection of jobs. And mm-hmm. uh, it was supposed to be the Republicans who, who didn't care about people, who, uh, who who just wanted to uh, increase profits, you know. Uh, and now the roles have switched, like, so dramatically. For Hillary Clinton to be dense enough to go to West Virginia and say something, we're going to shut down all of your jobs. We're going to export all of the money making opportunities and we're not going to replace it with anything else. No. Like I, it, what we've seen was inevitable. 
And the people who are going to be successful in politics from this point out are going to be the ones that protect those values and those jobs and the common person, you know, average everyday Americans. All we want to do is go to work, feed our families, you know, have some measure of success and know that we did it uh, by the merit of our own selves. Right. Right. And I remember that, you know, that's uh, she also, you know, called, uh, you know, Trump lovers, you know, the the uh, basket of deplorables, right? You know, mm-hmm. th- this was, uh, I believe, you know, that year, this was the, the the most per capita people that voted for Trump was right here in West Virginia. I mean, this wow. place is Trump country. And um, so uh, it, it's been an interesting experience living here because for the first time in my life, and, and I, I mean that, I mean, I've lived all over the world. I've lived in Japan. I've lived in uh, Hawaii. Uh, I spent a year in Korea while I was in the army. Um, I grew up in California. And, um, you know, but I lived in Maryland. I've been all over the place and almost everywhere I've lived has been either a purple state, you know, or a, you know, a blue state. And so I've never really had that experience of having representation anywhere that I've been. And, uh, you know, and it's been a a really awesome thing, you know, to live somewhere where, you know, I, I walk over and I talk to my neighbor, you know, next door to me and, you know, and he's got more guns than I do, you know. And, so, and, and then I go to my neighbor to the other side of me, and, and same thing, you know. And and, uh, and and there's just the, there's a like mindedness here, and it's great. It's a great feeling to be around your own people, you know, and Amen. people that have that same uh, mentality and that same ideology of you know of um, uh, you know pro civil liberties and and uh, pro God. And pro family, and and that has been a good thing, you know. And of course, West Virginia, just like any other state, you know, has its problems too. But they're not ones that are systemic, you know, to West Virginia. They're problems that are imported primarily because of drugs, mm-hmm. you know, and the opioid crisis and, and things like that. So it, it's a great place to have a family and a, and a great place to you know raise your children. Yeah, when you live someplace that's based in red pilled, it's a completely different experience. Yeah, <laughs> being yeah. surrounded by a bunch oh, of definitely. people. Oh yeah. So definitely. Uh, <clears throat> recently, Nate, um, you've just surpassed this uh, uh, kind of, uh, I guess you know, uh, benchmark, if you will, for the case, uh, the whistleblowing case that you had brought. Can you explain a little yeah. bit uh, about that to us? That five year. Sure. Mark? Yeah, so um, so I just passed the, the five year mark from when I you know carried uh, documents, classified documents, out of the FBI and handed them over to the um, uh, to the HIPSI. And um, the charging document that the FBI had had used against me in order to get a search warrant um, had stated that I had stolen government property. Now we all know that that's BS mm-hmm. uh, because here I am five years later. Not only was I never charged, but I never even had a ding, you know, not even a, a minor suspension on my security clearance. And I have a top secret clearance. I've had it for, you know, 27 years. So, you know, it was a, a bogus, you know, it, to, to use Trump's, uh, you know, words, it was a witch hunt. <laughs> you know, they they launched a, a bogus uh, investigation into me uh, because they wanted to see, you know, what I had. And um, and the, the, the reality is, is that... Uh, um, you know, I, I don't know if you remember this, but the Daily Caller had FOIA'd the U.S. magistrate to ask them, was the judge informed that Nate Kane was mm-hmm. a protected whistleblower under the Intelligence Whistleblower Protection Act? Yep. And an Obama-appointed judge put a seal on that answer. 
So, you know, that tells you everything you need to know, because what could possibly, what possible reason could they justify not answering that single question? Because they knew what the answer was. And the answer was no. They had to cover themselves up. That's right. That's right. So, so the fact is, is that for the last five years, and one of the things that the, you know, that the, the Department of Justice will do is when they have a case like this, where they're, you know, it's a political issue and they're, they're retaliating on somebody. Uh, they don't ever tell you that you've been cleared. They don't ever tell you that the case has been, you know, closed. They just simply leave it open until you reach the statute of limitations. And at one point in time, I remember, um, you know, talking to my, my whistleblowing attorney and, you know, I, I was pretty upset about, you know, the way that things were going and the fact that this thing was just continuing to just hang over my head. And I asked him, I said, how can they do this? You know, why? What is the deal? And he said, well, they leave it open because if you ever get out of line too much, then they can always shut you up by charging you. And you'll remember Bill Barr said, uh, you know, they can indict a ham sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really need a reason to indict you. They can just do it. Doesn't mean you're going to, you know, you're going to go to jail. It just means they're going to indict you so that they can drag your name through the courts. Now, you know, I, I had at the end of my experience of whistleblowing. Um, I think my legal fees came to about $198,000. Okay. So when you think about that, right. Um, you know, a lot of people out there, uh, you know, are, are upset with, you know, people in the FBI because there, there are a lot of good agents and there's a lot of good people, you know, even within, I would say the department of justice and CIA and all these other intelligence agencies, there are lots of patriots there. You know, people don't generally want to go serve their country, you know, um, if they're unpatriotic people. So I would say the majority of them are patriotic. In fact, most of the field offices, I think they probably, you know, um, the morale is probably quite low because they don't agree with what's going on. But the problem is, is when you're an agent and, you know, you have a pension and you got a family that you're supporting, um, what are you going to do? You're going to risk all that and, uh, you know, blow the whistle only to see nothing happen. And I think a lot of them, you know, that's the way they feel. And, and the problem is, is that the Whistleblower Protection Act, the only thing it really is supposed to protect you from is reprisal. Now, in the case of contractors, I'm not eligible. I was a contractor, so I wasn't even eligible to use the Whistleblower Protection Act. So the only thing I was eligible to use was the uh, uh, the Intelligence Community Whistleblower Protection Act, which does afford some protections to, uh, to you know, whistleblowers. And... Um, into contractors and particularly if those are related to, you know, not being able to be charged with the crime of removing class, you know, the very thing that I did, right. You know, which mm-hmm. was remove classified documents so that I could take them to really, there's only two places that you can take those. You can take them to the intelligence committees because senior staff members are authorized to receive classified documents from anyone, or you can take them to the IG. And in, in, in my case, you know, I ended up uh, opting originally for the, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence because some of the people that I needed to blow the whistle on were in my chain of command at the FBI. Yeah. And I knew uh, and, and also the, you know, the um, within the DOJ that would have to review it. So um, so I ended up, you know, eventually doing both. And um, and I, you know, and here I am, uh, you know, it's been five years. So. So the five-year statute of limitations is is up now. It's passed. And that is why 
um, there's a little bit of like a sigh of relief. I'm not worried and never have been worried about going to jail, but like I was saying, you know, $198,000, you know, back to where I was saying that people are upset with, you know, all these agents that don't come forward. Well, it's because they don't have to put you in jail to ruin you. They can, you know, suspend you without pay, forcing you to quit, which means you don't, you know, get your pension and all these other things. Um, they can also drag you through the courts, forcing you to spend a ton of money like they did to General Flynn. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the tactics they use. And so now that I'm past that, you know, like I said, there's there's some level of, of uh, you know, a sigh of relief, you know, that, that that chapter of my life is over. So with that being said, what is next for Nate Kane? <laughs> oh, boy. You know, what is that saying? Uh, you know, out of the... Uh, the the frying pan and into the fire <laughs> so <laughs> that's about it yeah <laughs> uh well you know as you guys many of you guys that have followed me um over the years uh you know after i blew the whistle um it kind of put me in this position of you know passing the sniff test with the trump administration and so i had um during the 2020 election um i had been uh, asked to come down um you know, and I met at Steve Bannon's office and, um, and I was put on a team, um, with a couple of other experts in, in, um, information assurance and elections. And our team was, we did, you know, we spent a couple of months basically just, you know, 18 hour days, man, really digging deep and, you know, looking into election security. And again, um, it, it ended up, I, I was able to somehow, stay out of all of these, you know, groups that got a lot of the limelight. And I was more of like kind of a behind the scenes kind of a guy, Uh, but I was in several lawsuits and cases, you know, where I provided expert witness testimony. And, um, and this has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about, but I'm only sharing this to say, you know, what have I been doing since blowing the whistle into this next uh, adventure that I'm going to you know, get myself into. Um, So I, I, uh, I've been very involved in that, and um, I eventually started my own cybersecurity company uh, about a year ago. Actually, maybe two years ago, um, but a year ago really is when I kind of got my like first legit contract. And and things have been going good. I mean, like for the first time in a long time, you know, my income has been good. It's been steady. Um, I actually really love my job and love what I do. Love the guys that I work with. Um, I've had some side work, and um, you know, just things are going well. You know, so. It begs the question, you know, why would you want to screw that up, right? <laughs> you know, but uh, but uh, I don't make major life decisions, and, and I want people to understand this. Um, I don't make major life decisions and changes to things, especially things like if things are going good, you know, why would you mess it up? That was how it was at the FBI. I was making the most income I ever had made, and yet God called me to do something, and I answered the call. And the reason is because, you know, I know that every time I've obeyed God, it has always worked out. It didn't always work out the way I thought it would. That's it. And that's an important difference, okay? Yeah. But it has always worked out, and uh, and it has led me to, you know, just some of the most interesting and, and amazing adventures, you know, that somebody could have in a lifetime. Uh, my wife can attest to that my life is certainly not boring, you know, <laughs> and her life with me, you know, for that matter. She's been through uh, a lot, so too, here we you come- know? She has, she is, she has been a trooper and, um, you know, uh, 
a lot of people don't realize that when, you know, when people become a target, you know, of the government or, you know, or, or even of the media, you know, that, that it's oftentimes it's the loved ones, the, the people closest to them mm-hmm. that suffer the most, because I, I can take it. You know, when somebody calls me names or disparages me or, you know, tries to, you know, harm me, um, you know, my natural instinct is to fight back. You know, that fight or flight response, I'm definitely much more of the fight response. Um, but, you know, you don't, most people don't think about all the people in the background, the loved ones. You know, it's what's harder. Is it harder for somebody to disparage you or for you to see someone you love being disparaged. I think it's definitely the latter. Um, I know that, that, you know, like my daughter, for example, still has like major um, anger issues over, you know, what was done to me and over what, you know, was done to our family. And, and it's because, you know, again, uh, you know, because she loves her dad and she sees what's happening and she, she feels like she can't do anything about it. Right. Same thing with my son. Um, you know, he felt the same way, you know, and, uh, and I know my wife, uh, it's probably a good thing that she wasn't there that day that the FBI raided. <laughs> Let's just put it that okay. way. Okay. And so, but yeah, no, she's, she's been a trooper and, and she has, um, you know, she's been my, my, my greatest human support, uh, on this planet. You know, um, God has always been, you know, number one, but she's definitely a close number two to, uh, you know, to, um, you know, to, being that person that is as there for me, you know, with, within every respect and, and, um, you know, just loving me through all of this and not giving up on me when I think even there were times where I felt like, you know, like I just want to throw in the towel and just, just go crawl into a hole somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and, and hope that hope that everybody forgets about me. And my wife has been one that has, um, encouraged me, you know, to continually do the right thing. Even when I first told her I wanted to blow the whistle, she was like, why does it gotta be you? You know, but, but after, you know, after I told her, you know, what, what happened. And after I told her, you know, that, because if I don't do it, who's going to do it? And, you know, God put me in this position to, to see this stuff and have to react to it and do something about it. So, you know, and she went to prayer about it and then she came out of it you know, hundred percent backing me and supporting me. So, you know, she's been like that with me on everything in my life. Um, she will be the first to challenge me on something and question, you know, like, is this just you, Nate Kane, you know, wanting to, you know, live in the glory, you know, <laughs> she'll question me about it, but she also will pray about it. And when she, you know, hears from the Lord and knows that, you know, I'm on the right track then she backs me up. And so she's a good you know, that saying iron sharpens iron. We are about as opposite as it gets, <laughs> but, um, you know, that saying opposites attract is, is very true. And, and she has been, um, I think a compliment to me and helps, you know, kind of pull me back down to earth and to reality sometimes when I need that. So on with what the big announcement is, <clears throat> I'll two weeks ago, um, we have this ritual in our, our family where uh, we get together every morning, every almost every morning. And uh, my in-laws, my, my mother and father-in-law, they live here with us. And um, two of my children still live here, but we'll all get together in the living room in the morning and we pray together. We'll pray, you know, about 15 minutes, you know, it's no big deal, but it, it helps keep the peace. Um, you know, it helps kind of keep our focus where it needs to be. And when you have a big house full of a lot of people, 
um, you know, and, and you have strife, I highly, highly recommend this as a practice because it, it really does, um, you know, help people to get along and, um, you know, cause it gives you some purpose to focus on other than yourself. Mm-hmm. And so we were praying and, um, and, and it was like right after the midterm elections. And I think there was a lot of disappointment, you know, in, uh, for a lot of conservatives, mainly just because of the, the clear election fraud, you know, that happened down in Arizona. And, uh, I think there was some that happened up in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I had high hopes for, you know, for, um, you know, for turning uh, some of these states red and, um, you know, and that didn't happen. And so I had prayed just a simple prayer. I said, God, I pray that you would raise up righteous men and women to run for office and, you know, be careful what you pray for, because I heard this voice in my head say, well, what about you? And I immediately said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want that. I mean, like, honestly, I, I spent two months when I was doing the election integrity stuff down in DC with all these, you know, swampy, you know, swamp creatures down there. And, and it was like, DC has got this feeling about it, almost like a spiritual oppression. Mm-hmm. And when you're down there, you, you feel like, um, it's almost like you feel like you're walking through, you know, a, a swamp, right. But wearing, you know, like white linen robes, you ain't getting out of there clean. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going to be covered in soot and, and mud. And in fact, every time I would go down to DC and work down there and I'd come back, I felt like I had to just take a shower, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, so, so I, I said immediately to guy, I said, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute, Lord. I said, first off, I've only lived here two years. And I can't run for Senate because you got to be five years, you know, living a resident of West Virginia. I can't run for governor, you know, and this is, you know, the 2024 election. And I said, and the only, so the only option would be, you know, for me would be for, you know, for Congress, because, you know, I, I can't afford to take the pay cut I would have to take for, you know, for the state, um, state offices, because I'll pretty much have to shut down my business just to, you know, to run. And, and, uh, you know, but I, but I said, okay, God, I said, and we just had uh, an election and Mooney, Alex Mooney had won by like, I don't know, like 77%, you know, so he, he, you know, solid winner. Um, and, and I said, I, I'm not going to go up against an incumbent. And, and it's not that I want to, you know, not that I'm afraid to go up against an incumbent. I just don't believe it. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got somebody that's there that's doing the job, um, in order to go up against an incumbent, you basically have to attack them. And I think that weakens, you know, your party if, if you're attacking somebody that's in your own party and they're already in that seat, unless they're clearly corrupt. That's the only option where I think that it would be appropriate to do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't see that with Mooney. And so, you know, he, he's done a pretty good job. And and uh, and I so I was like, no, I'm not going to run, you know, and I said, so but I said, but Lord, you know, hey, if you want me to do this, then I pray that you would, you know, provide a pathway you know, open a door and, and I'll run. And I'm thinking like, you know, four years, five years, six years down the road, you know? <laughs> so two days later, um, I am writing my congressman. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm sending, I sent uh, uh, an email to Joe Manchin and one to uh, Shelly Moore Capito and on a national security matter that my company has been involved with. And so I was sending them an email and I was getting ready to send Alex Mooney one. And as I'm typing his name into the Google search bar, because I 
you know, just typing his name so I can get to his page quickly. You know, it pops up with like the latest things that are going on. And it says two seconds ago, Alex Mooney announces that he is running for Joe Manchin's Senate seat in 2024, which means that seat's going to be open. The path becomes clear. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, ah, man, God, you called me on it. So uh, even still, I, I didn't take that as like a hundred percent for sure. <laughs> you know, I needed some confirmations, and so my wife, I think, needed them more than I did. But uh, uh, but we we prayed together, and we spent some time, you know, talking it over and praying, and really not knowing, um, you know what, you know what we were getting ourselves into. But we prayed about it and felt the Lord leading us that you know, this is something that you know He's called me to do now. I hope that I win. I certainly am going to fight as hard as I can to win. But God said, I want you to run. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my expectation is, um, and, and I've learned this over the years, is never to uh, to try to interpret what God's telling you because you never know. Um, and I, I am certainly going to uh, fight for that you know, position to win over the hearts and the minds of the people of, of the 2nd District of West Virginia. But, um, but this is my, you know, my formal first announcement. A few of my friends know, and, and that's about it. And, um, uh, but now this is, uh, you know, me telling the world, uh, I'm not doing it with fanfare. I don't have banners behind me that say, you know, vote for Nate Kane, uh, you know, none of that. Um, and I have some real uphill challenges. I'm not going to lie. Uh, shortly after I filed with the FEC, um, probably the lead opponent that I will be going up against is a guy by the name of Riley Moore. And Riley Moore is, you know, he's the current treasurer of West Virginia. Um, I don't know him. You know, I don't know if he's a good guy or bad guy. His his policies seem to be good for the last, you know, at least the last four years or so. Um, You know, he's done, I think, a a fairly good job as a a treasurer. Um, You know, but he announced that he was going to run. And uh, so then I was like, huh, okay, God, all right, that's interesting. So I started, you know, you know, doing some looking into him to, you know, understand who, who my opponent is and, and understand, um, you know, what he's been up to for the last, you know, 10 years, you know, 15 years. And I found out, you know, there's some interesting things about the guy, you know, that, that do cause me to wonder and I think should cause anybody uh, who's concerned about, you know, establishment, um, politicians, you know, being in office. Um, you know, he comes from a background of politically connected family. In fact, uh, my state Senator, uh, Shelly, uh, Moore Capito, uh, is his aunt. Um, he is, uh, a former lobbyist and, you know, he's lobbied as a, as a, you know, foreign, um, registered, a uh, registered foreign agent. Uh, so he's lobbied on behalf of other countries. And some of those countries were, you know, the, uh, uh, the Socialist Republic of of uh, Vietnam, mm. and also the Ukraine. Uh, he was a lobbyist for the Ukraine under the pro-Russian, uh, former pro-Russian president. And there's been, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily make him a bad guy, but, you know, it's, it's again, it's just things that make you go, hmm. It's worth a look. You know, what is this guy about? And and then the other thing, too, um, that was very, very much caught attention is that he's a former vice president of the Podesta group. And, oh, uh, that's it. Know, <laughs> yeah. So, 
So, so I, I have some serious reservations about him and, um, and, and, you know, and if you're going to contrast the two, you're going to pair the two myself versus, you know, Riley, um, you know, I don't have a lot of political experience in, in terms of, you know, being a politician or, or being a legislator. Okay. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that to you. I, the only political experience that I've had was 20 years ago. I ran and served one term as a city council in, you know, Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, you know, and, uh, and it was because I saw drugs moving into my neighborhood and I got sick of it and decided to run and do something about it. And I actually did a write-in campaign. I had to get like, I think, a hundred votes or something. So I stood outside a polling place and said, hey, write me in because nobody's running for the seat and I'm willing to do it. And so it wasn't much of a, you know, of a political fight. Although um, I did find out that, that, being in politics, even in a, in a city council is not the, it's not as, it's not as much the uh, ability to change things as you would hope. Mm -hmm. You go in there with big hopes to be able to change things. And what you find is in order to get things done, you got to compromise. And um, when you're a principled person like myself, that is a very hard thing to do. Certainly, there's certain things. Certainly, there are things that I, I'm willing to compromise on, and there are red lines that I will not cross. And and uh, but it, 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 what I found to be the most difficult thing in that experience was really dealing with the bureaucracy. It wasn't so much my fellow city councilmen or even the mayor that I had to deal with that was you know paying the butt. It was the city manager. It was the city lawyer. It was the bureaucratic machine that makes it hard for you to do anything. And, um, and that, that was a problem. And, and so eventually I ended up leaving that. Uh, I ended up, you know, moving and, and getting away from it. But I have very little experience, you know, with that world. Riley is, uh, you know, he's polished. You know, he, he has been in that world, um, you know, as a lobbyist, uh, then as a, you know, treasurer. Um, he's, you know, part of some, you know, some, um, uh, you know, different foundations and, and, and think tanks and things like that. That's his world, right? Um, he's probably been planning this run, I estimate, probably for the last four years. Mm -hmm. um, immediately upon him announcing, right, um, he endorsed Alex Mooney for Senate, and, and Alex Mooney, the outgoing, uh, endorsed him for his seat. And mm -hmm. so they probably made a deal, you know, you know, before – before these announcements were made and had been sure. planning this, he had his banners all made and all that. The other thing too, is he comes from money. You know, he's got a very politically connected family. Um, he has a political machine behind him, you know, a good old boy network that, that he is tied into. And as a former lobbyist, he's got, you know, tons, he understands that world. So he will be able to raise money and probably will be able to outraise money, um, you know, to the nth degree, you know, when it comes to me. So, um, you know, what are my chances of winning in the world's eyes? I would say slim to none, but see, I don't serve a God that, you know, that works in, in ways that, that the world works. And I know that it is possible for me to win. Uh, and that if I do win, uh, it likely will be, you know, in a, in, you know, kind of a, an upset victory. And so, there are things, though, that I'm going to have to do 
and very soon. Um, so the first thing that the, the, the last two weeks I've been working on and I've been, I would say working very hard and, and, you know, I have my day job that I have to work in order to just you know pay my bills. But, you know, at two in the afternoon, I'm done with that job and I can start working on the campaign. And so every night in the last week, you probably see the dark circles under my eyes. I've been going to bed, you know, probably midnight, one o'clock. And then I get up at like five 30 the next morning. Mm-hmm. And I've been working on writing down my position papers. And, you know, and that's been something that's really interesting because over the years, I've actually written down a lot of things that I believe and things that I think would fix problems. Not really ever thinking I would ever get to put those things into practice, but just it's something, you know, that I've, I've made into a habit of doing. It's a way of kind of expressing my frustration. And so a lot of these ideas had already kind of congealed, you know, in my mind of what needed to happen. And so um, I wrote down my, uh, my position paper and I ended up going to um, uh, finding a, a, a guy to help me with the website, actually, you know, thanks to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the website is officially up and uh, I can't see the screen or not. I don't know if it's up on there, but uh, I've, uh, I've already showed it off and I've passed out right, the links great. into the chat. You guys, I, I, I got to say this because I had some problems earlier when I punched in Nate's website, which just for your edification is Nate Kane, the number four and then WVA West Virginia dot com. Nate Kane for WVA dot com. When I put not, that not in VA. what WV. Oh, WV. Just Maybe that WV. was why I was screwing it up. No, that, that can't be. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay, okay, okay. So you're not the only person that you're not the only person that had that problem. Actually, a friend okay. of mine uh, tested it. He had the same exact. He said it was blocked for some sort of security reason. Yeah, which is kind of weird. But but yeah. So uh, Nate Kane. Um, no, yeah, uh, the it, number yeah. four. I just put it in VA. correctly. I just put it. Yeah, WV. Yeah, Nate Kane for WV.com. And let me just show you guys what I see when I punch in Nate Kane's website. Uh, AT and T is blocking it. It says, sorry, the page you're looking for does not exist or is not available. We performed a web search for Nate Kane WV, and here's what we found. And they find nothing. Okay, and so I go and type it in again. N-A-T-E-C-A-I-N, the number four, W-V dot com. And even if I add like a HTTP, mm, www dot, okay, and then it comes up. Okay, but if I just type in Nate Kane for WV.com, AT&T is blocking it. So you can also find it by going to Nate Kane dot win. Isn't it Nate Kane for WV dot org as well? Yeah, and then Nate Kane dot org. I tried I tried to get Nate Kane dot com, but some kid owns it. (laughs) So he's got like his family photos up on there. I I sent him an email. Look, I, I got no money. So I'm like, hey, I'll. I'll, I'll I'll give you 150 bucks for you know for that domain name. I got no response. So <laughs> so you know it is uh, it is what it is. But but um yeah uh, natekane.win, you know that's an easy one and uh, to remember. Um, but uh, all the other ones are all aliases that that redirect you back to Nate Kane um, for West Virginia. Nate Kane for the number four wv.com. So one of the things that I need help with, guys, and, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of you out there that have prayed for me, that have supported me um, over the years, that have followed my, you know, my journey. And I'm asking for your support. I'm asking for your support with prayer. 
I'm asking for your support with volunteers and I'm going to need, you know, support with financial, you know, means I need people that are going to be willing to donate to my campaign. So I've got the website up on my website. There is a link on there, a donate link. And, um, you know, look, we're all going through difficult times right now with inflation. So, you know, there might be a few people out there that, you know, have the means to donate the maximum amount, which is, you know, $5,800, you know, and that is the maximum that you can donate per year. Cause that's half of that is for the primary and half of that is for the general. And there's all this weird accounting stuff, which thank God I'm not in charge of that, but I got people, good people that are doing that for me. But, um, that's the maximum campaign contribution that one can give, but I'm looking for everybody that can give $50, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody can get $50 to my campaign, um, and if somebody's willing to, you know, sign up to be a, you know, a monthly donor, um, it's going to require funds in order to be able to, to run this race. So my strategy guys is, uh, it, it's a simple one. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to, you know, to run, you know, massive attack ads and things like that. Um, I'm not going to, you know, in fact, I expect those things are probably going to happen to me. Uh, more than anything, especially if, if I show, you know, any kind of uh, evidence that I'm doing well, you know, then then I'll probably see major, you know, money being spent against me. They'll probably so the only use way, a clip from this show, Nate, to be honest with you. <laughs> that, that, you know what? That's okay. That's yeah. okay. Because here's the thing that I know to be true. And that is that when I meet people in person, when people meet me, I think they see that I'm a genuine person. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the history, uh, you know, of my life and, and, you know, what my experience is. I may not have experience as a politician. I may not have experience as a lobbyist. I may not have experience, you know, a, as a, um, you know, some high up VP and, you know, some organization. Okay. But what I do have experience with is I have experience with integrity. Mm-hmm. I have experience with, with having, you know, the courage to do the right thing when it's going to cost me everything. And what I feel that I want to do when I go to Congress, and, and this is not going to make me many friends, and I, I realize that, but I don't care because ultimately the people that I'm representing are West Virginia's second district. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that matter. They're the ones who I have to convince that, that they need to, you know, to place their bet on me, you know, that I'm going to be the one that's going to go there and represent not just their interests. Okay. Because that's, that's a misnomer. A lot of people think Congress, you know, um, is, is all about, you know, bringing money into their district and all of that. And and certainly there's some of that thing, you know, some of that with jobs and, you know, you think about like Trump, right. As president before he even started, right. He was talking to companies, and making deals and getting people to move in and create jobs. And there's certain amount of that, that I can do, you know, with, with that title of, of, you know, representative. And, but the primary job of Congress, the number one thing, and we know it's number one because it's what they take an oath to do, right? What do they swear to do? They swear to defend and uphold the constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Mm -hmm. And when we look at what has happened in this country over the last 10 years, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You know, our civil liberties have been under assault, you know, the nation's security, has been under assault. Like, look how weak our, our military is now. Mm-hmm. And on that note, you know, I'm not for wasteful spending, you know, and just a, a, a blank check, 
you know, going to the Pentagon. I've, I've been a part of, you know, the military industrial complex for the last 25 years. For most of my career, I've worked for the military. So I know very well, um, you know, what is, you know, what money is being spent on. And, and there is a lot of waste. And a lot of that waste, quite frankly, is on foreign aid, like the $83 billion or however much it was that we gave to, you know, the Ukraine. And now they're saying that a lot of that is unaccounted for. Mm-hmm. So there are things that, that I see one of Congress's primary roles is protecting the United States. Mm-hmm. And that is done through oversight committees. And that is something that I, you know, I hope that if I get elected, I'll get placed on the right oversight committees that I can have, you know, an impact like the HIPSI. Maybe the jiu- Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets, NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com. A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com now. This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Yes, Sherry. 
Um, those are areas where I have some experience of dealing with, you know, and, mm-hmm. and being a whistleblower and all of that. I think we need to create, um, you know, some safeguards, you know, for whistleblowers. Like I was saying earlier about the amount of money it costs me to defend That's myself a- and just to get the legal help. It, that should never, ever have to be the case. Never. Whistleblowers should be able to get, you know, free legal coverage you know they they should have a because the thing is especially when you're dealing maybe that's not true of all whistleblowing but when you're dealing with classified information you need some very very serious um guidance to help you through that process so that you are not doing something that ends up costing you your freedom and mm-hmm. you're not rotting away in some prison cell so there are things that, that can be done i think that could protect whistleblowers and maybe make you know, an opportunity for more of them to be willing to come out, you know, because we, you you think about, think about what goes on behind closed doors, um, behind, you know, uh, the skiffs, you know, in, in secret meetings with, you know, the intelligence community. And, and I can tell you, um, there are a lot of things that most Americans would, would find egregious, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, deals that have been made, things that have been, you know, been done, uh, things, some of those things I can't even talk about. Okay. Um, but, but it is, it is, it is something that needs to be exposed and it needs to be done in the right way. I'm not for, you know, Edward Snowden and for people going to the press about, you know, everything. I do think there's a time when sometimes, you know, it is good to go to the press. Like Mm -hmm. in my case, when I blew the whistle, I didn't go to the press. You know, I went to the committees, I did everything the right way. And it wasn't until after I got attacked and retaliated against and then somebody, you know, on that team, right, leaked it to, you know, the Washington Times. And, of course, they fed them information saying, or sorry, Washington, uh, sorry, New York Times, they fed them information, you know, saying that, you know, I had stolen government information. So at that point, I had no choice but to, you know, come out with, you know, with both barrels loaded, you know, and, and fight and be vocal and be loud and stay in the light. You know, I had... um I had a couple of really close calls, you know, that uh, were pretty scary. And so being out there and letting everybody know, you know, that I'm, you know, active. And and so all these kinds of that experiences that I have is something that I can bring there Mm -hmm. and hopefully, you know, help to fix this problem, you know, of, of not having whistleblowers willing to come forward because they risk everything to do it, especially in the intelligence community. Um, There's also, there's also information that I know, okay, that as a citizen, I can't just talk about, okay? Mm-hmm. But as a congressman, you're afforded certain protections under the law that you can say certain things on the House floor that you can't talk about, you know, I can't talk about. But as a congressman, I could. There's things that, like, think about it like this. I know where the bodies are buried, okay? I can call these people to come sit before me and subpoena them to be you know, on a, on a, a, uh, you know, to sit before the, the committee. And then I can ask them the questions that I already know the answer to. <laughs> and, you know, they have, they have three choices. They're either going to tell the truth. They're going to lie, in which case that's perjury, you know, and I'll get them for that. Or they're going to do the, uh, uh, the fifth. uh, I can't really, I can't really talk about that. I plead the fifth. And that's going to answer the question for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I, fully intend if I end up, you know, making it to Congress to spend, um, you know, as equal amount of time 
as looking after the interests of West Virginia is looking after the interests of the American people. Because Congress is one, you know, a congressman is, is one vote, you know, out of four, 435, right? That's one vote. So that's not a lot of power. But one thing that Congress does have the power to do is they have the ability to hold people accountable and to, you know, make public hearings on things and to speak about these things and to have the influence. And one of the other things too, and, and you guys will see this when you go on my webpage, um, I, and it, this was a hard decision to make because I realized it's, it's going to kind of cut me off at the knees for some major donors that would be, you know, would be nice. Um, but like I was saying earlier about how, you know, when going to Washington, I come back, I feel like I had to take a shower. Congress is, it will inevitably change me. There's no doubt about that. You know, everything in life has some sort of impact on you. And I don't want to lose my soul over this. I don't want to be corrupted by this. But the fact is, is that power corrupts. And so I have decided to put some safeguards in place. And, you know, these are things that I would hope would be, you know, the law, right? The law of the land. And, and these are the pledges that I've, I've put on there. Um, but what they are is, is basically I'm, I'm pledging that I'm never um, going to do insider trading. It's legal for Congress people to, to do insider trading, but I'm not going to. So I'm going to divest myself of all stocks, bonds, cryptocurrency that I own. I'm going to sell it all. And the only thing I'm going to have in terms of investments is the ownership of my company, you know, if I choose to keep it active. Um, and, you know, and, you know, which is, is not public, publicly traded stock. And then I will keep my, you know, my TSP, you know, my, my, uh, basically managed, uh, retirement fund. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm not going to have any temptation to buy and sell stocks and bonds and, you know, and make money, you know, um, off of the decisions that I'm making in Congress. And, and so I think that is something that should be the law, Absolutely. but it's not. And I, and I don't expect Congress to change that. But I'm hoping that by my example, it will put political pressure on people to join. You know, if they have any bone in their body of, you know, of um, morality or ethics, they will say, you know what, I'm going to do it too. The other thing that I'm not going to do is I'm not going to have secret meetings with lobbyists. Okay. Now this one's this this is the one that I think might might hurt me a little bit. Um, when I was a city councilman, uh, we had a rule in in Waynesboro, and that was that you could not meet with a business owner or somebody you know uh, you know in the community without notifying the press and allowing them to be there. I thought that was a great rule, and I don't know why Congress doesn't have that same rule. Look, I will meet with lobbyists because there are some lobbyists who have the same interests that i have right obviously the coal oil gas lobbies the gun lobby um the pro-life lobby you know the 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 civil liberties groups you know that that are defending and and you know uh you know those people i will meet with absolutely but i'm not going to have secret meetings with them because i believe that there are that if you have something to hide in your conversation, then there's probably something that's not right about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So my, my hope is that some of these lobbyists will understand that, you know, I'm pro their position. 
as long as it's not corrupt. And so while they may not be able to have a secret meeting with me, I will absolutely turn it into a great PR event for them. You know, we will publicly talk about it. We'll invite the press to come in and we'll have our conversation about the needs of people of West Virginia, the needs of the oil industry, the coal industry, the gas industry. And we will turn it into a positive event instead of it being some secret backdoor meeting where, you know, where it looks suspicious, like there's, you know, like there's bribery and kickbacks going on. I don't ever want to be accused of that. So in order to ensure that I'm never accused of that and that I don't ever fall to that temptation. I'm just not going to have this meeting. So on the positive note, I suspect that there's a lot of lobbyists who probably will never want to talk to me. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. So, you know, so the, the other thing that, that I've, I have decided that, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's important. Uh, again, I don't believe that Congress will ever uh, vote, at least not, the current Congress or previous ones. I don't think there'll ever be enough votes in there to um, put term limits on Congress. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm going to term limit myself. All right. I, I did, you know, I kind of figured out, okay, you know, a congressman's term is two years. Um, you know, if you can't get done what you went there to do in eight years, then you probably aren't going to be able to get anything done. So I'm going to limit myself to you know four terms. That's, that's eight years. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's the same amount of time that one presidential administration gets. And I think it's fair to say, you know what, I'm going to limit myself to that amount of time. And, um, in doing that, I think, uh, it will, for one, it will change my perspective to where I don't ever see Congress as my career so I'm not doing things on the basis of trying to get reelected. I'm doing things on the basis of doing what's right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that is really the importance of term limits is, is that it, it puts, it kind of puts you in a position to where, yeah, maybe, maybe the first, you know, you know, few terms that you run, uh, yeah, you got to worry about getting reelected, but at least at some point, you know, you're out of there. And so if you do have somebody that it's not, doesn't become this like kind of, you know, uh, wash, uh, rinse, repeat, you know, cycle of just these guys that stay in there for, you know, 30, 40 years. Um, so that's something that I, I intend on doing and, and I will say it right now. And, uh, so that way everybody can hold my feet to the fire. Good. Um, you know, the, the last thing that I'll say, and, and this was going back to the lobbyist thing. So with, with lobbyists, you know, and, and I have a vision of this and, and it will probably change based on what rules I figure, you know, that there are and, and whatnot once, you know, if Lord willing, if I end up in there. Um, but my thought is, is that, you know, if, if, if I'm going to have a meeting with somebody, the only people that should be secret meetings would be whistleblowers or national security issues, right? Everything else should be public. What is it that the federal government is required to do the executive branch, right? The courts are required to do, but Congress is not. And that's FOIA. You know, you can't FOIA Congress, but you can FOIA, you know, if that's the Freedom of Information Act, for those of you that don't know, but you can basically request transparency. You can see the emails. You can see the conversations. You can see who they're meeting with. All of that stuff you can see. Not the case, though, with Congress. But I am going to make sure that my office has a complete transparency policy, which means that if I meet with some, you know, I'm not going to, 
you know, I'm not going to, to, um, um, there are some meetings, like I said, whistleblowers, national security things that will be secured. But if a lobbyist wants to meet with me and talk about business, you know, plans or business discussions, um, you know, I'm going to say, all right, let's uh, record this, you know, session so that we can, you know, make it public, you know, for the, the people. Now, if they need to talk to me about something that is a, there might be a few exceptions, like maybe they have a proposal or something like that. And, you know, exposing that would give their competitors an unfair advantage or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I might be willing to listen, but I'm going to record it. And then when the time is right, you know, at a later date, I'll release it. And so there'll be a time limit on the amount of time that something can be withheld, you know, just like we do with classified documents and, and things like that. At least that's the way it's supposed to work. Right. Sure. Sure. So, so I, I'll put some of these, you know, some of these safeguards in place, you know, and, and, and I think it will be an example like I to others. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I think almost probably 90% of the people that follow the show, maybe more, you know, will agree with me on, on my politics and, you know, and, and where I'm at with my, you know, my ideas on civil liberties, on national security, um, you know, on spending and economy, you know, I'm pretty much a, a tried and true Republican, you know, and, um, you know, and I have the, you know, the same policies and ideas that Donald Trump does, you know, that Ron DeSantis does, that a lot of the Freedom Caucus people have, you know, I fall kind of like in that kind of uh, mentality. Um, there's a little bit of that kind of um, slightly libertarian, you know, uh, bent to me as well, you know, that you see with like Ron Paul. Um, I am 100% for protecting civil liberties. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I think that some people sacrifice civil liberties you know, for the sake of national security. And I'm not one that believes that we should be making those sacrifices. I think that there are things that we can do to protect ourselves without spying on every single, you know, United States citizen. So um, one of the things that I hope to, to expose is not only the spying that our government is doing on us, but also the spying that these corporations are doing on us and the relationship between, you know, them and the government. So you know, I probably just lost, you know, all those big donors right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, li- listen, I-, I want to address uh, a-, a comment that I saw in the chat. Someone said that uh, they wouldn't trust you as far as they could throw you because you uh, admitted to being a part of the military industrial complex. Let me just say that anyone who's ever served in uniform was a part of the military right. industrial complex. It is a catch-all uh, that describes the overall defense industry, whether it's in private yeah. or public sector. Uh, so, Nate, as a defense contractor, therefore, was a sure. part of that military industrial complex. And what it does is it affords him the perspective to understand how these people work, to understand what needs to change. And I would say his experience That's as right. a whistleblower goes uh, even greater lengths to determine yeah. how things have to change. The fact that he stepped for this is what really has angered me, Nate, about your disclosure from the very beginning. You were not the first person to come across that information. You were not the yeah. first person to see that there was a very, very big problem happening in uh, in the FBI and within the United States government. 
but you were the first person to say something about it. And probably the reason you were the first person to say something is because everybody else that came before you knew that they were going to get ass plastered to the wall and probably have their entire life ruined. $198,000 is more money than most people make in years. Okay. Yeah. And, and by, and by the way, the only way that, that, that I was even, you know, just, this just goes to show God's grace. Um, I didn't have that kind of money. I went to an attorney and, and when I asked him if he could do it pro bono, he laughed. He said, no, man, this is way too dangerous. There's too mm-hmm. much liability here. Yep. And he asked me if I was rich and independently wealthy. And I told him, no, he said, well, do you have any rich uncles? And I'm like, no. And so he went and spoke to a woman who, who he knew who had means and he was hoping that maybe she would donate like $10,000 or something like that to a legal defense fund. And uh, she asked him how much that he thought it was going to end up costing me. And he said, probably around a couple hundred thousand dollars. She whipped out her checkbook and wrote a check for $200,000. And that went into an escrow account that covered all of my legal fees. That was the grace of God right there. And, you know, to speak to this person, you know, who, who made that comment, um, I want you to think about this for a minute. We all know that there are these industrial complexes, right? What does that mean? It means a system, okay, that is designed to perpetuate, you know, behaviors that aren't necessarily in the best interest of the people. Mm -hmm. We have a military industrial complex where Eisenhower warned against, right? He said um, that prior to World War II, um, there was no, we had no, you know, no arms industry. Okay. Uh, if we went to war, then we turned a car, you know, mo- an automobile factory into a tank, you know, making factory. If we, uh, if we needed, you know, um, parachutes, we turned the a women's stocking, you know, factory uh, into a parachute. In fact, they, they had issues where like women could get stockings during World War II, right? Yep, yep. Cause they were using all the nylon for parachutes. So, so they realized the government realized that if we ever had another world war, we could not depend on that kind of like turning things around and, 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 you know, creating, uh, you know, shifting our economy around and that we needed to have a permanent arms industry, uh, in order to prepare ourselves for another world war, if we should ever have one. And Eisenhower's concern was that in doing so, he cautioned that, um, you know, that it would potentially, if we weren't careful, lead us to a place where those that were part of this industrial complex, the, the, and not just the people working there, okay, but the people leading it, the mm-hmm. people, the billionaires making the, you know, the, the, the billionaires that own the bomb making companies and own the tank making companies and, you know, that, that there would be a temptation for them to sue for war instead of suing for peace mm-hmm. because their, their livelihoods, their income, their wealth depends on, you know, the, the cycle of war, right? Mm-hmm. The same is true, by the way, for police departments. Mm-hmm. If police, if, 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 you know, if we all got what we wanted, which is safety and security in the streets, police officers would be out of work, right? Mm, yep. So, so, so the whole concept, of, you know, of policing and authority, the FBI, all of that, there is an industrial complex surrounding their industry. There's an industrial complex surrounding prisons. I'm pretty sure we're all glad that prisons exist, right? Mm-hmm. But as we've moved the prison systems to privately owned prisons, 
there's now an incentivization for more people to spend time in jail. Mm -hmm. And when some people who maybe, you know, uh, you know, don't need to go to jail for, you know, minor, um, you know, offenses that are not uh, uh, violent, you know, they'll throw people away, you know, in prison for a long period of time and maybe even support policies that, that end up, you know, doing that. There's the same as true as we know from COVID. There is a medical industrial complex. There is incentivization that was going on that said, we're going to vax everybody. Not only are we going to, you know, provide this vaccine very quickly, but we're going to now force everybody to take it because what does that do? That puts money in the hands of all of the companies making these vaccines. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, and when they, when the government says, Oh, and by the way, we're going to make it so people can't sue you. Now all the restraints are pulled off and they don't even have to think about safety, you know, when they're forced vaccinating children, okay, to just to be able to go to school. So these industrial complexes exist. There's no way of getting around them. You as a person of the media, I'm sure, have faced that temptation of when, you know, maybe there's, you know, a story that 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 the majority of everybody is talking about the story a certain way. And, and you don't want to talk about it that way, but you know that if you don't, uh, you, you might lose some viewers, you know? And so, so that temptation is there. So the, but the point is, guys, is I passed the test. You know, I was part of a system. And when I saw something that was wrong, I did the right thing. That's what we need people. You know, we need people who are good and honest people in these systems. The political system is a industrial complex. There are mm-hmm. people, career politicians. It's all about staying in power, growing in power, um, you know, staying in office. And, and I'm the kind of person that breaks the mold. I am not Amen. your typical anything. And so I hope that that helps explain, um, you know, that comment that was made. And I get it, believe me. Um, I, I do understand, you know, the concern there. But um, I think I've proven myself to be somebody of integrity. Absolutely. And, and that is, that's something that I stand by. Yeah, you know, I, I will echo all of those sentiments. You know, there's a reason that I consider you a friend, Nate. I don't just start, a, you know, a bro relationship with everybody that comes on the show. You know, so I know yeah. you. I, I know what's in your heart. You know, I mean, like you know, we, we've we've spent hours on the phone. Uh, we've met in person. Yeah. Uh, I know exactly who you are and what you stand for, and I will be proud to do whatever I can to help you get into office. And you know, to your point about. Uh, uh, you know, going your own way. Absolutely. You know, I have, I know I've lost viewers because I have refused to talk about things in the way that other people have and the way that people want you to talk about things, but I'm not doing it. It's not a popularity contest. I mean, I'm trying to do right. what's right. I, I'm trying to get the truth out there and I'm trying to wake people up and I refuse to just go along and do whatever else everybody is doing because it's popular. You know, I've never been a popular person. I mean, not in my own personal life, you know, not yeah. here, uh, you know, in, in terms of this show, you know, I mean, it's just it, it's about doing what's right. And if we're going to beat these people, we've got to play within the boundaries of the unfair game that they've set up for us. Sometimes we're going to win. Sometimes we're going to fail. But if you don't try 100% of the time, you will not be successful. And it doesn't matter how tough it is. uh, It doesn't matter how much garbage they're going to put you through. It takes balls to put yourself out there, to put your neck on the line and say, I love this country and I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that it's going to be there for my kids. And that's what I see you doing. Yeah. You know, 
the one thing that, um, like, if there's a a guiding principle, I guess you could say, you know, that like everybody, I think, has like maybe a certain few core values that are the most important thing to them. And, and you know, um, I think in sociology, they call that a worldview, right? Um, so my worldview, all right, is one that is based on a belief in God and a belief in judgment, okay? Um, I don't believe that, you know, everybody goes to heaven. I don't believe that, you know, we all get a harp and a cloud to sit on after we die, all right? Um, I don't believe, you know, what atheists believe, that we just become worm food when we die. But I believe that eventually I'm going to stand before my maker and I'm going to be held accountable for my actions, okay? And there is a proverb, and I can't remember off the top of my head uh, the chapter and verse, but there is a proverb that says, that the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And that's what that's talking about. It's talking about how in order to, to even be considered wise, you have to at least have fear of God. And because anything other than that is ludicrous. And, you know, cause the reality is, is that I'm not going to live forever. You know, when I die someday, you know, uh, there's going to be an accounting for my actions and, and, you know, in the next life. And, um, and I really do believe that. And that is what, that's what drives, that is what drives my integrity. Um, it's not, I don't, I don't live by integrity for the, for the purpose of virtue signaling. Okay. Mm -hmm. I live by it because I honestly am afraid of an almighty God who might smite me. Absolutely. I don't want to try to justify I, terrible actions it, when I get there and stand right. before him. You know, it, it, if, if I could just magically change one characteristic about mankind mm-hmm. that I think would completely turn the world around in, in a moment, you know, in a moment, it would be to instill that value Amen. in every single person that I meet. Yeah. Because, that is what is missing, quite frankly, I think, with a lot of people in power, mm-hmm. is they get into this position to where they get power. Um, and and so I want to also say that, you know, even though I have a lot of great grand ideas about what I want to do uh, when I get to Congress, um, and I'm certainly, and I can promise you, I will give it my best effort, okay? And I will try to be an influencer, not just a vote. And that's important because, remember, one out of 435 if I can't influence other people to do it, you know, and to go along with the, these ideas that I have then, um, you know, then that's, it's not going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. But, but the one thing that I recognize is even though I'm going to put my best effort in, it's not enough. It, it requires God and it requires his hand of grace and his, you know, I don't believe that God, you know, is a puppet master. Okay. We, he gives us our own free will and our mm-hmm. own ability to choose things. But I do believe he can influence people. That mm-hmm. I do believe. Yeah. And and I think that, um, uh, you know, he can open doors. You know, he can, you know, level the playing field, as you, you know, so to speak. Um, you know, it says that he'll he'll raise the valleys and, and, and lower the mountains to make straight, a, you know, make a straight path. I think that's the kind of thing that God can do. And um, And if I have any success at all in any of this, it will be because of God. It will not be because of Nate Cain. Yep. Um, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, um, I have no money. I have no experience as a politician. I have no political machine behind me. Um, you know, I 
am a man of the people. I'm, I'm just like any one of you guys. Um, the only difference is, is that, um, you know, I've been placed in some situations where I had to make a difficult choice and I chose correctly. Mm. I sat next to a World War II veteran. Um, this was probably about 25 years ago uh, when I was in the Army. And this was on Veterans Day. I was working at SIDAR, which is uh, an underground facility in Pennsylvania. And um, we brought in this this veteran on Veterans Day, and we all you know sat down. He ended up sitting like right next to me, and we watched uh, on the big old you know command and control center that looks just like the, the Pentagon. Yeah, they have all these you know massive screens up on the walls, and we watched uh, the movie Saving Private Ryan. Mm. And um, you know, I kind of leaned over to him during that opening scene, right? You know, and I said, I said, hey, does this is this like realistic? He said, oh, he said this is the most realistic part of the movie. He said when he, he got on the, on, on the beach on Omaha beach, he, he remembers thinking to himself, I got to get the hell off this beach, no matter what. And he remembers seeing guys walking around with their arms blown off, you know, calling for their mamas. And, and it was very much like what you saw in that, in that scene. And he ended up, um, he was with a unit that like they, in, in the movie, they show them like going across this beach and going to this, this area where, uh, you know, they had like the, the bunkers and all that. He was with a, um, with an army ranger group and they landed like further up the beach and they scaled a cliff to get up and over. And, um, <clears throat> and he was given some sort of medals and, and, and everything for bravery and all of that. And I, you know, I talked to him about it afterwards and it was interesting what he said. Um, he said, you know, Bravery is something that it, it's not something that that somebody heroes aren't born; they're made. They're made in those moments when you have a choice to make of, of either you know cowering or acting you know with with bravery. And and so you know there's 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 no. Um, you know, I look at it like this. Anybody could be a hero. Anybody can be a whistleblower and do the right thing. Um, but only if they're in that position, mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to be there and to see those things. And, you know, not everybody is, is called to that or put into that position, but I was. And so that's why I did what I did. And if I was ever in that position again, uh, I will do it again. And so, you know, I think, um, I think if I end up, you know, on some of these committees, I might have a thing or two to say to the American people about things that I'm learning while I'm there. Good. And um, more important than anything, uh, I believe that what we need from these guys is transparency. I mean, that is clearly, you know, if, if at, at, at minimum, if they're transparent, then we know whether to revote, you know, vote for them again, right? Mm -hmm. Or if we want to get rid of them. And so uh, the way I look at it is if I'm transparent and the people of West Virginia don't like the job I'm doing, well, then they can fire me. Yep. Um, but if, but if I'm being transparent, at least they're going to know what they're getting with me that I can tell them for sure. No and more so I, handshakes, no more smoke filled back rooms. No, the, the real deal. Definitely not. Yep. I love it. I love it. 
All right, uh, Nate, I'm going to run through the uh, the thank yous over here on Foxel and see if there's any uh, specific questions for you. Jack Attack 17, thank you for that cookie. Pam Day, thank you as well. Casey, appreciate the shades. Red Pill Ken, good to see you, buddy. He says, Nate Kane got the runs. Thank you, brother, for getting in the fight. Uh, a boneless chicken uh, just bought a silver tier subscription over on Foxel. Thank you. Ohio Kimmy dropping a cookie as well. And Two in the Pink says, what's up, Zach? Long time. Here you go. Good to see you, friend. Really, really appreciate that. All right, so, Nate, uh, you are on Truth Social. Uh, I believe you'll also have an account on Gab and Getter. Uh, you've got the website, Nate Kane for WestVirginia.com, WV. Uh, any other uh, social media uh, uh, accounts that you want to make sure people follow you on to get updates sure. on the campaign? So so here, here's the easiest way to find me, okay? Um, go to whatever your favorite social media site is and uh, – you know, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gab, Parler, um, you know, of course, True Social, um, Rumble, you know, I've even gotten some other, I'm planning on doing, you know, Lord willing, if I have the time, I'm planning on doing some, um, you know, maybe like a weekly podcast to talk about various issues so people can start to understand where I, I you know, sit on different issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll probably put that on Rumble uh, and maybe uh, Pure Social. And so I've got these accounts that I've created. Uh, they all have the same exact handle. It is, it's either at or just, you know, without the at symbol, Nate Kane, the number four WV. So if you go look for that, you'll find me. I even got, I opened up a, a Telegram uh, account as well. And uh, so, you know, I wish social, I wish uh, True Social had the ability to be able to. Um, you know, private message people, but it doesn't have it yet. And so, um, so I did open up a telegram so that I can at least start building, um, groups of people, you know, to, to volunteer. Let me explain something to a lot of folks. Um, so many of you guys probably aren't living in West Virginia and you may say, well, why should I support somebody in West Virginia? They're not my representative because I'm one of 435 votes. And we need as many people like me, because I'm not the only one, but we need as many people like me who are going to run and do the right thing and who are going to be a voice for the people and protect our civil liberties. The decisions that Congress makes matter to all of us. So this last election, I donated money to can you know for the campaigns of people that were in Pennsylvania, because I was hoping, you know, and unfortunately they didn't win, but I was hoping they would, because I know we need, you know, people that aren't aren't corrupt. Um, so there, there is a, uh, there's no restrictions on who you donate, you know, what campaign member you donate from or donate to, uh, the only restriction for me accepting those funds is that I can't accept, you know, money from foreigners and, uh, you can't, uh, uh, so you have to be an American citizen and it needs to be your money. It can't be, you know, you got a rich uncle and he gives you money to put in that that's called being a, you know, a, a straw that's what Dinesh D'Souza got in trouble for. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, 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 you got to follow the rules, but the reality is, is that you can give to any candidate that you want to also for volunteering. Same thing is true. Um, you don't have to be, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of you guys live in States where, you know, there's no chance, you know, for a Republican, uh, to make it. And so you don't really have a candidate that, you know, that you can support, support me. You know, be on my you know team of volunteers that's going to help me um, do you know research and help me um, 
you know, raise funds and call people. And, and there's so many, there's 27 counties in, in my district. Okay. Um, and in some of those counties, it's like very mountainous. And you, you basically, I got to go from one hauler to another to meet people and talk to them. And so I, I am planning for the next 18 months, I'm going to have to talk to as many people as I can. That's the only way that I have a chance of winning is, is for people to get to know who I am and to build that trust and give them the opportunity to ask questions and to learn what, you know, are the issues that are important to them. Because I live in Berkeley County, which is one of the wealthiest um, counties of West Virginia. It's in the panhandle. We're close to D.C. A lot of people work in D.C. or Northern Virginia and live here. I guarantee you, you know, I go over to Mineral County, um, you know, or, or even Morgan County, one county over. And, it, and it's it's that's where you get into the Appalachian Mountains and you start getting into, you know, the Blue Ridge you know Mountains. And that is where um, they have a whole different set of problems there and issues like for them, it, they may not give, you know, two hoots about what's going on with the military because they're just trying to, you know, put food on the table, the next meal, or maybe they need, you know, electricity, mm-hmm. you know, or running water. I mean, there are places in West Virginia. Um, I, I read this somewhere and I, and I got to look and see, you know, what the facts are, but I had read that, that West Virginia is the poorest state of, in the, in the union, you know, and per capita and that, and there are areas within West Virginia where people are still, you know, living in abject poverty. And so there are things that I have to consider and look at. Um, you know, I can't just be concerned with, you know, my little area that I live in. And so, you know, on we don't have any oil and gas over here, but on the western side of the state, that's where all of that is, right? So I need to go meet with those people and find out, you know, the things that impact them, you know, the the you know, what are the issues that they're dealing with. So so I'm going to have to travel every weekend. I'm going to have to meet up with, you know, uh, people and from different groups and different backgrounds. And, you know, I, I, uh, I jokingly say it's going to be a, um, it's going to be a campaign of, of churches, bars and barns, you know? <laughs> and so I'm going to have to meet people everywhere I can, I can possibly meet with them. And that's going to take a lot of coordination. Um, it's going to take a lot of phone calls and a lot of people helping me to reach out and schedule these things and, you know, and make first contact and, and that sort of thing. So, um, so anybody that wants to, to help me with that, uh, if you want to donate, um, you know, financially, there's a link at the top of my site that says, uh, you know, donate here. Um, if you want to donate your time, uh, you can go to the contact page and you can fill out the information in there and just, Tell me, you know, what a little bit about yourself in the comment section and what you think you can help with. Uh, and somebody from my team will reach out to you and, you know, and, and we'll get you involved. Um, some people are great with PR. Other people are great. You know, look, I, I want to have an army of people that know how to make memes. Right. You know, <laughs> I have a, I have a section. I have a section on my on my workspace, uh, you know, for for where we're you know doing our planning and stuff. I have a section called. Uh, uh, let the meme wars begin, you know? <laughs> so, so, you know, I want to have, I want to have fun with this, right? Um, I want people who, you know, look, there's some people who are very comfortable talking to church people, right? Um, there are other people who aren't, there are people who are comfortable talking to, you know, your more salt of the earth, you know, kind of hanging out, you know, at the VFW and the, and the AMVETS and, and, uh, you know, American Legion, 
And, and I need people that are, are comfortable with all of these different groups of people that I got to somehow be able to reach out to. Look, I'm not even, you know, we don't have very many Democrats in the state. You know, um, it is a like a two, you know, I think it's our three, two or three to one ratio of Republicans to Democrats. But, you know, I think that there is something for everybody. There are Democrats that know they don't have a chance in hell of ever having, you know, a Democrat elected to, you know, to office. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's their advantage of, of going with a candidate like me is that they know I'm not bought and paid for. Yep. They know that I am what I say I am and that I will listen to them and that I will hear their concerns and where I can help, I will. And where I disagree, I will at least share with them why I disagree. And, you know, and I will be honest with them. And maybe that's enough for some people, you know, that are riding that fence. You know, Pennsylvania is an open primary state. You know, it's a place where Democrats can come over and vote. So I intend on reaching out to everybody. I'm not going to, you know, cast out, you know, or or ignore, you know, one group of people just because, you know, we maybe don't see eye to eye on some things, you know, but, uh, but I am going to be true to my values and my beliefs and the things that, that, uh, that I know to be true. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to this campaign season. It's kind of crazy to think that we just wrapped one up and we're going to be rolling right, right into another one. I want to put you in touch with JR, too, um, because, you know, obviously okay. he just ran his own campaign in Ohio. He probably has a lot of uh, good advice and different uh, people he can yeah. put you in touch with. So I'll take care of that after the show. Um, let me see. No more thank yous over there, but I am going to go ahead and pass out the gold pills now. Uh, you guys, I will be back tomorrow for uh, Friday and Saturday night live stream. I'm actually still in the process of scheduling those. Uh, we had a couple of things that had to get swapped around. So I will fill everybody in tomorrow and let you know what is actually going to be on this weekend. Uh, but Nate, once again, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having the courage to come on this particular program and tell the world that you're going to be running for Congress. Uh, we need more people like you. And I hope that there are people out here in the audience who can go ahead and help out in uh, in any number of ways because you're going to need the support. And once again, yeah. if we're going to beat these people, we have to replace them. And Nate is definitely somebody who I can see doing it. So thank, thank you, you Zach. And, and thank you, everybody that joined the show tonight. Um, you know, it, we can't, we're not going to be able to have any kind of success, you know, in, in taking back our government, taking back our country. If we're not willing, you know, to put in the work, mm-hmm. you know, to do that, whether it's running, you know, or, or helping out, um, you know, with a campaign, we all have different ways that we can give. And, uh, and so I'm, you know, I'm asking you guys to, to find whatever way that you think it is that, uh, you know, and pray about it. You know, if you're not certain about it, if you're not certain about me, I'm okay with that. Um, if you're a, you know, if you are a, a believer, uh, take it to the Lord, ask him. And I believe he'll, you know, he'll tell you. And, all right. Um, that's I was all gonna I say, say. Check out Nate's website as well. You can see some of his positions. And like he said, he's going to be uh, putting out more information over the course of the next 18 months. Uh, and of course, we'll have you again back in the in the near future so we can continue talking about this stuff. Um, so thank you again, Nate. I, I love you, brother. Everybody else out there in the audience. Uh, thank you for being here. Good luck and God bless. We're going to see you tomorrow.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare Flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.